0: From the Heart podcast is presented by Orange Kiwi Consulting. The three most challenging transitions owners face, scale, sale, and succession, often result in a costly and confusing journey, but it doesn't have to be that way. Orange Kiwi helps their clients succeed where others fail by navigating the challenges others can't. Find out how Orange Kiwi helps you avoid the costly and confusing journey to realize the results you are looking for with less stress and more satisfaction. Visit their website, orangekiwillc.com, choose Contact Us, enter the promo code HLG2020 for a complimentary 30-minute consultation.
1: Um, I'm Susan Kenny. I am the Chief Advancement Officer for Court Appointed Special Advocates of Orange County, CASA of Orange County. I have been in the fundraising world professionally going on 18 years this year, and but uh, privately, uh, you know, uh, personally, I've uh, been fundraising, uh, volunteering for a lot of my adult life. So um, I'm really very blessed to be in this business and be able to be around really wonderful people who want to make a difference in the world. So
0: how do you fundraise during this pandemic era that we're in? What oh, advice gosh. do you have? Yeah.
1: I'll tell you, I freaked out, uh, you know, like I said, uh been doing this professionally for so long and, and my job is to meet people and to say hello and have lunch and attend events. And uh, I, I really was scared. I, I, you know, I thought, well, goodness, how are we going to do this? And um, after about a month, I think maybe a little less, I I settled down um, and um, just started calling people, you know, just calling donors and saying, thank you. And um, there was a little bit of an added stress to to my situation because I had only been with CASA for five months when we shut down. And, you know, anybody who knows, you know, the fundraising world, it takes about a year for a development person to truly, you know, uh, get themselves into the organization, get to know people, you know, just really for people to understand, oh, wait, she's with Casa, you know? Um, So I just had to start calling people and introducing myself and um, having Zooms. And uh, so... Uh, but we immediately went, um, to an online campaign, uh, asking people to help, uh, people were more than generous, uh, you know, immediately because they understood what was going on. we, um, are essential what we do you know we 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 support foster youth you know with an advocate with a mentor and that is super essential you know to what's going on and to have these kids you know sort of locked away in a situation where um you know their advocate can't get their eyes on them um was very scary for us as an organization but um it's it's been great people have been very generous um i we did something I haven't done in years. Uh, we sent out a mass mailing uh, to foundations that um, we didn't, you know, ha- hadn't had relationships with, um, you know, you never know if those are going to work more often than not, they don't. Um, but we were able to secure a $50,000 nice. grant, first time grant. Um, we were able to secure a new advocate uh, through that. And so um, it was worth it. Um, but yeah, going back to some basic, fundraising that i used to do you know cold calling and sending letters and and you know yeah working
0: yeah i'm sure that there's a lot of different uh, new ways of doing things certainly we've all experienced new ways certainly for me i'm doing podcasts out of my home office here now I have been for the last 11 months and uh, all of the work i'm doing is on zoom for the most part i get out every now and then but um well before we go deeper into that just talk about casa i, I I met you, you were with another foundation, Ronald McDonald House of Orange County. We'll talk about that too, I know, because that's been a big part of, um, of who you are. But talk about CASA, what is it and what drew you to it?
1: CASA is an organization that provides um, mentors, uh, advocates for children in the foster system. So what that means is um, we have a army of volunteers um, that uh, are matched one-on-one with a child. And um, they, are, uh, they volunteer their time, like I said, they're volunteers, um, and they support these kids. So um, for those of you who don't know, the, the children are in the foster system by no fault of their own. Right. These kids have experienced abuse, neglect, abandonment, um, And now they have, we have decided as a a state or a county that we can do a better job raising them than their situation that they were in. So, um, we have these kids that are, um, that need some guidance and they need some support and they need some love. Um, they've experienced a tremendous amount of trauma. And so, um, they're oftentimes moved around to a variety of different placements, um, which is um, and they're lost. So mm. when you can pair them with an advocate, somebody who gets to know them, supports them, makes checks in on them, makes sure that they're going to school, making sure, making suggestions about maybe, let's look into you joining a sports team, um, really getting to know the kid and what what they really want to do. And then that advocate, takes that information back to their social worker, um, to the courts and says, this is what I think will help this child thrive. Um, you know, let's get them a tutor. Let's get her uh, horseback riding lessons. Let's do something, you know, so that they are um, getting the support that they need. So ideally we would love to have the families reunified. That's the goal of all courts, reunification. If the parents can, you know, get some education, they can um maybe go through some sobriety classes, you know, something, whatever the case may whatever be. The
0: situation but, is, sure. Exactly.
1: But want to get the kids back with their family. Because think about it, you know, a child grows up in a um unstable environment. They don't know any different. They just think, well, gosh, this is the way that it is. And these this are my parents. This must be normal, right? This must be normal. And these are my parents. Why is somebody taking me away from my parents? Even though they're being hurt or they're being neglected or whatever the case may be, they're saying, why are you taking me away from my family? So that's traumatic in itself, right? right. And yeah. so, um, you know, anybody can be an advocate um, if they can make the commitment to us and um, they're vetted. You know, uh, they, our, our advocates go through 30 hours of training um in order to just then be interviewed um they have to have all their background checks we we call everybody in your brother anybody yeah. that knows you yeah. to make, make sure, sure that, that you're,
0: you're it's not only right, a good match but that it's a yeah. safe match
1: yeah. exactly that you're there for the right reasons um and then we offer continuous training after that as well 12 hours of training each year um but we ask you to make a 2 year commitment hmm. um we don't want more instability in right. these kids life
0: worse if you just keep churning them through absolutely exactly
1: they need to build trust and they need to be supported and so um we have some statistics that say that if a child in the state of california or when a child in the state of california is paired with a casa so foster youth have a graduation rate of typically 52 percent okay you pair them with a casa that jumps to 92 percent
0: wow huge difference of having a mentor and and an advocate like the, yeah, absolutely.
1: Exactly. And then you, um, like 80, 70 to 80% of the prison populations were former foster youth. Hmm. So you pair the, these kids that are on this track, you know, to potentially be incarcerated or homeless one in five people who are homeless were once a foster youth. So you pair them with somebody who cares about them, who's checking in on them, who's mentoring them. And then quite honestly, you know, changing, Oh, excuse me. They are changing their lives by being an advocate for them, you know, right. in, in um, it's amazing. It's amazing. Teenage pregnancies drop when they're with a, uh, a CASA, when they have a CASA. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, um, it's amazing. It really, it's life-changing. You're giving so, these
0: kids a chance that they otherwise might not have had What's the typical age of when you might, so if someone listening or watching today is interested in becoming a CASA, an advocate, is there kind of a, you know, they're not going to say I want a nine-year-old or I want a 14-year-old, obviously you're going to go where the needs are, but is there a, about an average age that you've found is, obviously I'm thinking the earlier you can get someone that advocate, yeah. the better, but is yeah. there kind of an age that we really have a need for people to, to work with these eight-year-olds or these 14-year-olds or, or whatever the case may be?
1: Well, so we do work with the CASAs to pick the right match for them because it's also about them. Like, you know, we want you to make this commitment. And so we've had for
0: two years, it needs to work for Mm -hmm. you as well. Yeah.
1: So we've had advocates um, contact us or, you know, come into our program and um, say, I think that I'd really be effective with a teenager mm-hmm. or I think I'd be really effective with, um, you not know, not with a teenager. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. with, with, yeah, yeah, not with a yeah. teenager. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. so, so yeah, we, we make sure that we, we have you read the case files. We have you really decide, because because also some of these situations, um, are tragic, you know? Sure. And so we want the CASAs to be able to really understand what they're getting themselves into. And if this is, um, something that they mentally can't handle themselves, you know, we we want them to be prepared. So um, we, they read case files, they work with their case supervisor, which on our staff um, to find the best match. So with that said, the kids that, the, the majority of the kids that really truly need the support are teenagers, you mm-hmm. know, um, because quite and it's horrible to say but this is a, a, a word that is used they're unadoptable right. they've gotten to an age where uh, you know there are beautiful people out there who do take that you know who do adopt teenagers but more often than not the younger children are going to be the ones that are adopted have you ever seen instant family that mark Wahlberg movie
0: i've not i remember the previews and i remember what it was about yeah
1: yeah it's that is it's fun it's a funny movie but it's a a perfect example to kind of digest what goes on um it's he and his wife want to foster some kids and they go to this you know day um Mm -hmm. where there's all these children around so they can kind of get to know them and they meet the the two younger siblings there's three kids you don't know this at the time but there's these two younger kids they're like oh they're so cute okay we're let's take these two Mm -hmm. you know and then the older sister says hey what about me yeah and she's over there with all the teenagers you know and they're like oh okay
0: yeah yeah, so
1: we want to keep you all together so anyway it's a it's a good movie um to see but so yeah teenagers you know um ideally like you said yeah. The younger ones, get them an advocate um, as soon as possible. Um, but there's, it's so complicated. The foster system is so complicated because a child could be in the system, but they could be living with a relative. Right. Um, so, but the case, because they've been removed from their parents, puts them into the system. So, um, But they may not need an advocate because they're living with grandma and grandpa, you know, or... Or maybe they do still need an advocate. I mean, we to would love. To,
0: they want to go back to mom.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. We would love to put an advocate with absolutely every single child that's in the foster system. Um, it's grown, you know, oh gosh, in 2019, and we 3,100 kids in Orange County are in the foster system. Wow. This last year, it's now 30, close to 3,600. Like it is, the amount of children that are coming into the system because of this pandemic is scary.
0: Is that because of illness and death in the family, or job loss, and they just can't? Af- I'm probably yes to all of the above, right? Yeah. But is there a is there a data point that tells you because of this is like well, the number one reason with COVID why there are more foster kids today than there were a year ago?
1: Well, you know, domestic violence is up. Oh, yeah, People are trapped in their homes together. Yeah. Maybe somebody's not working, or maybe you know, you know, uh, if you were stuck in a home with somebody that you maybe don't necessarily like, it's going right. to create some chaos. Yeah. And so it's been mostly that, um, uh, traditionally if a child is being abused, um, the teacher, their teachers would see a bruise or a mark or something, They're or
0: you can't um, see that on zoom.
1: Yeah. Or yeah. A, a coach. And then you lock these kids up in a house with, you know, the stress of everything that's going on, uh, with their parents. We were not finding out about the kids until they were, the police were involved or they were in the hospital.
0: Hmm.
1: So very, very tragic year yeah. for, for everybody, you know? Um, yeah, and we, so,
0: I but pastor on earlier in the year from our church, actually out here in Chino Hills, who was talking about, and this was in April, She's hard to believe it was that long ago. He was talking about how domestic abuse reports just in the Chino Valley, let alone Orange County and anywhere else we're up, I think he said 17 or 18%, which it's probably higher now because it's been going on a lot longer. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. You've got kids and you've got spouses who just um, otherwise would be getting help at work or at school or yeah. somewhere else. Yeah, it's tough.
1: Yeah. But the silver lining of it is is um, we have so many volunteers coming in. Good. We uh, swore in um, 250 people last year. And so I think it's a combination of things, um, the the ease of now that we are online, because you you had to come to our offices in Santa Ana twice a week for six weeks to do your training. And now we do everything online. So I think that that has a lot to do with it. But I also, I'm very optimistic in this world that we live Mm -hmm. in. Um, I think a lot of people were reevaluating how they were spending their time and wanting to make a difference. And so um, our wait list, uh, kids, um, the average time that they spent on our wait list in 2019 was about 120 days. We've knocked that down to 80 days.
0: Good.
1: So um, So yeah, let me explain a waitlist. You know, obviously we need volunteers. Right. Like I said, we would love to have a match for every single youth in the system that's not a reality um but our job is our volunteerism is not your everyday volunteerism like at the ronald mcdonald house go make a meal yeah how wonderful was that that made you feel amazing you got to see the families you got to do that we don't have that
0: it was one off one
1: off volunteer opportunities and so um anyway these these angels are coming in, uh, in record numbers, uh, to support us. And it's, it's both. It's beautiful, but it's sad. It's sad that it's re-
0: needed, but it's beautiful exactly. that people are doing. Yeah, sorry. Wrong. I was
1: talking about our wait list. So the wait list, sure. um, uh, the kids, if we don't have enough volunteers will wait, you know, on, but, but also there's very specific needs of some of these kids. Um, They need somebody who speaks Mandarin, or they need Mm -hmm. somebody who speaks um, Spanish, or um, it's a boy, and we don't have enough men volunteers, you know, Um, a lot of our women volunteer, volunteers for women is higher across the nation in everything. Yeah. yeah. So we, we do have more women than we have men. We need so many men to be advocates and mentors for these kids, these teenage boys that would really thrive right Mm -hmm. by having somebody you know who's had this beautiful blessed life um we need um people from the lgbtq community you know so that these kids you know they someone
0: they relate to sure like
1: somebody that's yeah in their corner and supporting them and so um but our the most of the kids that we serve are um from his are hispanic um and uh not that there's more girls than boys i mean i think it's pretty even but But yeah, men, Hispanic men, diverse, you know, uh, people that can support us. Um, So some kids could be waiting on the waiting list for a little bit longer because we just don't have the right match for them. We're not just going to throw anybody at them. We need to make make this a quality match, you know. Do they
0: age out at 18 or is it a little bit older? I know in some organizations it goes a little bit higher than 18.
1: So we just actually, I think it's been 10 years uh, that AB-12 was passed. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's the right one. Um, <laughs> AB-12, where we extended, um, changed the law to extend it to 21. Okay. So I don't know about you, but when I was 18 years old, and if somebody cut me loose into <laughs> the world, um, I would, and then to have this trauma that I, you know, been living with, or I would not have survived. Right. So The fact that we have three more and and the child can, or, you know, young adult can opt to stay in the system or they can make the decision, say, no, I'm done. You know, so I'm 18, I'm going to go take on the world. But, but the law has changed and there has been significant amount of uh, less homelessness because now these kids have somebody guiding them saying, Hey, I'm going to help you fill out a rental application, or we'll figure out how to get the deposit for your apartment, or I'm going to help you fill out an application to get a job. You know, it's just those life skills that we don't necessarily start to think about teaching kids until it's like, oh, well, oh yeah, you've got to go get a job. Yeah. Let's do just teach in time you training.
0: You need it now. Let's train you now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. yeah we so, don't yeah. teach kids in high school how to run a budget or how to you know, run a business and yet we send them into the world to go run businesses with no training. Join
1: the military. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. So anyway, so 21, um, is the uh, age where they age
0: out. Hello, my name is John Royce Lynch, founder and CEO of PCMA private client. As a former professional surfer and native of Southern California, I've always enjoyed Wahoo's fish tacos. When the pandemic hit, the response by Wahoo's was unparalleled creating the California Love Drop by supporting frontline workers and those in need. On behalf of the PCMA private client community and our amazing team, it is an honor to be able to support this noble effort. To lend a hand and to learn more, please visit CaliforniaLoveDrop.org. Is there data, I'm sure everything's data-driven, so I'm sure there is, but what does the data say about the success rate of, I, you shared the a, a little bit, I think the percentages go from 52% to 92% if they have a, mm-hmm. a CASA, an advocate. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the average time? You said that the commitment is two years that you're looking for for mm-hmm. an advocate. What are you typically getting, at least here in Orange County where you are, but across the country, as far as you know, what do people do the two and out? Or do you see that, I'm sure you get some who do for whatever reason, yeah. whether they yeah. move or it's a time commitment or what have you, but- yeah. Is there was what are the numbers like of those that actually stick it out longer? My sister-in-law, my brother's wife is is an advocate up in Northern California, I've been doing it for quite yeah. some time and loves it. And last I talked to her, she still is and doesn't see any end in sight because she doesn't want an end in sight. She wants to keep doing it.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I don't have a stat to share with you nationwide, but we um we have these beautiful people that have been with us forever. In fact, this particular woman we've been talking about this week. Her name is Pat. She's been with us for 25 years. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, there are those folks that don't stay, um, and they may not even stay for two years because the child's been reunified with their family, you know, six months later, or they've been adopted or something along those lines. But, um, but the average time that they actually, that our causes are with their youth is four years. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, like you're right, like you say, you know, yeah. they move, or, or unfortunately, the child goes awol. And that happens.
0: Yeah, I'm feeling my heart be touched a little bit, and I'm sitting here processing all the different things I have going on right now. Not to make excuses, but I'm a male who speaks Spanish. I'm sure that there would probably be a need for me there at some point, if not now. So we will uh, we will talk offline about how. All right, uh, you know, I love it. Whether yes. I get involved, you know, for two years or what have you, and when, um, or if there's anything I can do even in the interim, you know, certainly I'm sure if a volunteer comes to you and wants to volunteer, but can't do the two-year commitment, what's the, are there other volunteer opportunities for someone, not not the one-off, let's go make breakfast for somebody once and and feel good that I just did something, but.
1: Well, yeah, so we have a program um, that is also, so our, our core business obviously is the mentor advocates, like that is the somebody says, what can I do for your, for a foster youth? We say, the best thing you can do is get them a CASA. So, but we have another program that we, um, uh, run, uh, is called, it's called our Family connections, family connections program. And this is a group with two, we had one full-time staff member. Now we just hired another person, um, to help. And, It's run by our volunteers. Um, We had traditional, well, let me explain what we do first. So um, family connections is finding exactly what it says, finding people, family members that this child could potentially be adopted or go and have, you know, an ice cream on their birthday or get a call, you know, from somebody. So um, you have to maybe assume that these parents, um, because the kids were removed from them, may have lost connections with their own families. Right? They're making some poor decisions, and 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 you know um, have lost um, connection. So I'll give an example. There was a young lady, a teenager, um, and our family connections department. You know they they get the files um, and they say. Um, uh, they open up a case. Uh, they, we have LexisNexis database that we can go in. Um, we do a lot of um, Facebook searching. We do, so they get their last name and they just start running searches. Sure. Who has this last name or um, where's your dad, you know, or where's your mom? Oh, well, the last time I knew my mom, she was living in, you know, Buena Park. So we put the last name in, we plug in Buena Park, we look to see if we can find this person. We make phone calls, we send letters, we say, Hey, we'd love to have a conversation with you. Can you, you know, contact us and then we explain what's going on here? So we had a 13-year-old girl who never met any of her family. Her mom was incarcerated and um, she's in the system, she's got a casa, you know, she's thriving and our family connections opens up a case file. They found her grandparents in Michigan. Hmm. They contacted them. They said, we had no idea we had a granddaughter. We'd love to come visit. They came out and they visited. Then she said, well, I, we'd love to have you come visit us. So our, the CASA took the child back to Michigan. Um, you know, sort of supervised what was going on, right. making sure everything was okay, and ultimately they ended up adopting her. Nice. Um, we have stories like that all the time, or we found a baseball coach who hmm. the kid really loved when they, you know, were in t ball, and now the baseball coach is calling them every birthday, just to say, "Hey, I'm checking in. How you doing?" Or a teacher, or doesn't just
0: happen in the movies, huh? It actually happens in real life too. Oh my
1: gosh, it's yeah. we just had the most beautiful story too um, the other day that came about where this poor boy, um, he just turned 18. Um, he had been in the dependency, well, in the system for several, several years and had multiple placement after placement, after placement, you know, just no stability. And our family connections, um, team was able to find his aunt and, um, you know, he wasn't he wasn't thriving during COVID, you know, like a lot of kids are, but these, these foster youth have so much more to deal with, but he wasn't thriving. He wasn't doing well in school. Um, we matched, well, he did have a casa, you know, we were doing our best, but um, found his aunt and um, now he is graduating from high school. He's got a job as a welder. I, um, she. He's living with her. I mean, it's just it's beautiful. You know, um, those, so th- the we reasons have a, why
0: you do what you do because of those stories that you see.
1: Absolutely. Well, we have a million stories. I mean, there's one like things that we don't think about. Like I, I don't, I, it, I never thought about the foster system. Yeah. Never, you know, because I didn't know anybody who right. was in the, when I was growing up or, you know, and then I got to know about it because of my, you know, nonprofit career. But, um, the things that these children have to go through, you know, um, and and then. So I get pulled over, you get pulled over by a a cop, right? You've been speeding. Like I get nervous. I'm shaky. I know I've done something wrong. Right. You know, and, and they say, here's your ticket. And then I say, okay, or maybe I didn't do something wrong and I'm like, why am I being pulled over? But they say, here's your ticket. And I say, okay, (laughs) because I've just, you know, grew up like you, you know, respect authority, you do what you're told. But so now put a kid, in a court system, how are they going to advocate for themselves? Like, how are they going to say, no, that doesn't work for me, but you pair them with a a CASA and that CASA who has spent all this time getting to know their needs, their wants, they go to the courts and they speak with the judge and they speak with the social worker and they speak with their attorney and they say, no, that's not going to work for this kid. Like, you know, we need to do X, Y, Z. here's an example, this young girl, um, we have advocate uh, Casa, who worked with this young girl um, for several years, teenage girl. And um, she was thriving, doing great in school. She was living with a foster family. Um, she got onto the tennis team um, and then she got a permit and she took the keys to the car and went for a joyride. And they called the police and they had her arrested because technically <laughs> she stole the car. Yeah. You know, and she did something wrong. But foster kids don't get to be kids. Like right. my boys do that. They get grounded. for a couple
0: weeks. Yeah, yeah it happened, I did grounded. it when I was 15. Totally yeah. totally something I would have done and did.
1: They got their phone, ta- they get their yeah. phone taken away. But this young girl now is um, in court. Hmm. Her, av- her casa shows up to ha- have a conversation and say, no, no, judge, let me tell you. Great young lady. She's thriving. She's doing this. She's doing this. She's doing this. She's like, if you put her in juvenile hall, you will change the trajectory of this young lady's life. Right. You really will. And he said, she's like, my boys did it. I'm sure your kids did it. And he said, you're absolutely right. I'm not going to Good. let's. And that's so good. that's what these advocates do. You know, yeah. they change their lives. So
0: that's we awesome. Need we need yeah. you, Ed. No, I know. I hear you. I'm here. I'm hearing the call. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. We, we, we'll we talk. You and I, we know each other well. We'll have a conversation for sure. It's hard to get off this topic because we, I, I'd love to spend the whole hour talking about foster kids and how we can help. And I will finish back on that, but I'd like to hear what got you. You worked for you know, 17 years or so, or a number of years. I think you've been in yeah. nonprofit now for 17 years, but mm-hmm. what, what called you into that? I don't know. I think your first role in the nonprofit world was with the Muscular Dystrophy Association, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. Yeah what drew you from what you were doing? What were you doing in the corporate world and then what drew you to that?
1: Yeah, uh, I was doing sales, you know? Um, I didn't light my fire. Um, I um, It was actually technical sales, computer enclosures and things like that, which seems so silly for me (laughs) now because that is just not me. Don't see you doing that, yeah. And I'm also really bad about details. And so I was selling like computer equipment or um enclosures for um you know data centers and things like that and they all had to be measured and i could not tell you <laughs> how many times <laughs> like this doesn't fit that's and i'm awesome. like oh no yeah, <laughs> so <that's
0: awesome>.
1: anyway <laughs> <laughs> i had um personally volunteered and fundraised and um I loved it. You know, I ran a couple marathons um, with uh, for the team for team and training with Leukemia Society. Um, got to meet the kids that we were running for and sponsoring for. I um, was a wish grantor for um, Make a Wish. So, obviously, you know, got to meet the kids um, that we supported um, uh, through their wishes. And um, I, I just wasn't motivated anymore you know, and, um, it dawned on me and, you know, September 11th happened and obviously we were all shocked and I, um, I just wanted to do something that mattered, you know, mm-hmm. and I stuck at my job for, you know, a couple more years and, and it really was just fate, uh, got a, my husband had got, uh, he had received a call. We were both working from home, um, as salespeople and, he had gotten a call from a recruiter saying, Oh, I have a job. Would you be interested? And he said, I'm not looking for a new job, but my wife is. And hmm. he handed me the phone Nice. <laughs> and I, and I said, um, I don't think you can help me. I said, I, I think I want to get into the nonprofit space. And uh, she said, um, Oh, I have a job at the muscular dystrophy association. Hmm. It was the only hmm. job only, organization I'd ever interviewed for. I got the job. I was with them for 11 years. Wow. So it kind of yeah. worked out. Yeah, it worked out. It was divine intervention. Um, yeah. And so uh, I um, had been with um, healthcare organizations, you know, MDA, Ronald McDonald house. And um, people would say to me a lot, like, gosh, how do you do that? You know, sick kids. And, you know, uh, how do you, how do you not break down and cry all the time? And, yeah. And I never was emotional about it, and I I thought some okay is something wrong with me.
0: Like <laughs> yeah. should like I how be crying do, here? How come I'm yeah, not crying? Yeah, should about I be crying? Yeah. Like
1: how am I? I mean, don't get me wrong. Like there yeah, were no, tons, your heart was but, in it.
0: I could tell. Ronald, yeah, else, I could tell. Yeah, heart was in there.
1: absolutely. And um, you know, I even asked. Uh, I'm still close with this particular family, and um, I even asked the mom. I said, well, why don't I get emotional like
0: this <laughs> or something?
1: And she said, you know, it's just an it's an honor. I see you seeing it as an honor to be along this journey with us, you know? And, and so anyway, um, loved it, loved that. And then Casa came to me, um, uh, Tyler Mounts who works at Stark. Um, we got to know each other through Ronald McDonald house and he's an advocate and his wife are advocates. And he just said, you know, um, Hey, I, I love Reagan CEO of Casa and I love you and I need to hmm. put the two of you together. And nice. so she and I just went and had coffee and it was, I think just kind of a get to know you type of a thing. And she and I just hit it off tremendously. Um, but I'll be honest when she was like talking about what Casa does, I was so confused. I hmm. didn't get it. It's very, very calm. It's complicated. The court sure. system complicates it. So anyway, you know, talking and then she said, well, I may have a job opening. Are you interested? And I said, I was like, oh, yeah, maybe, you know, and
0: always listen. Right.
1: Yeah. And she said, well, I'm going on vacation. I'll be gone for several weeks. Um, let me know, you know, why don't you reach out in a couple of weeks? Let me know. And, um, uh, kind of forgot about it. And I realized like a month later, I'm like, Oh, I better call her.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and so I called her and I really, I had the every intention of telling her no, um, that I was happy where I was, but then I started talking to her again. And I just I was like, God, I like this woman so yeah. much. I yeah. I, I, I want to go through with this. So I started with Casa and I am wrecked, wrecked mm. by these stories and yeah. these kids. And I was like, what is it? And it made me realize like I, you know, the storytelling and I'm going to be very vulnerable right now. This yeah. is the first time that I've said this in a public format, for, format, but I grew up in, um, a household with a very, uh, physical disciplinarian. Um, Hmm. it, uh, like most kids did, you know, my age or my, you know, generation. Um, and I didn't think there was anything wrong with it. Exactly. You know, what we had said about the normal,
0: right? Yeah. It
1: was the normal and that's the way that it was. Um, not only, you know, physical disciplinarian, but also just very strict and, um, and it, as an adult now, I, I realized that really did affect me, you know, yeah. and, um, the way that I parent my kids and never in a million years would I lay a hand on my kids. And, and so, um, I think that I, I, I can truly identify, you know, don't get me wrong. Beautiful. blessed. Right. Like, I mean, I, oh, I, truly... I,
0: I, I totally get where you're going though, because you, you, yeah, yeah. you, you experienced a, a sliver of what these kids have been through, but you experienced yeah. a sliver. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't yeah. grow up even in that environment. I mean, I, I, I saw it around me. Maybe yeah. not when I was a kid. When I look back now, sorry, I interrupted. I'm going to stop. No, no, no. Oh, go ahead. No, I. It probably as a 12 or 15 year old, there could have been foster kids around me, and I wouldn't have known then. Now looking yeah. back 40 years later, it's like, oh yeah, of course. Why didn't I see that? Or why didn't I see the abusive situation that that kid was in? You know, yeah. why was he always hanging out at my house and scared to death when dad called and he had to come home and it's like, oh, I'm yeah. going to get a whooping, you know, well, a whooping to me is like, oh, dad's going to say, don't you do that again. A whooping to him is he's yeah. in the bedroom crying because his butt hurts from a whooping. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, continue. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's, I finally realized that I never experienced any childhood sicknesses or anything. Right. So while I loved what I was doing, and I loved the amazing families that I worked with, and the donors, and that sort of thing, and they
0: loved you, by the way, because I know a lot of those donors, and I met some of those families. So <laughs> well, I know they you. felt a tremendous loss when you left. But anyway, <laughs> so yeah, you definitely well, connected with those people. I
1: That's feel that. like again another sort of divine intervention that led me um, to Casa because I, um, I it, I've been there. Uh, you know, a little over a year now, and um, it's led me on sort of a personal journey as well to um, deal with some things that um, that I didn't realize that there was an issue. Right. And again, don't get me wrong; like I have never wanted for anything in my life. I've just been incredibly fortunate that I, you know, my parents always supported me. Again, I don't want to say I was abused, right, but I'm right. just saying it was looking back at it now. And as a parent now, I, I'm like, Ooh, <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. yeah. that
1: was, that wasn't so great, you know, but yeah. everything else was great. But anyway, so it's led me on this um, like super passionate, obviously about what I do for Casa, um, but also a sort of a, yeah, self-discovery and I'm um, kind of doing some healing for myself. So
0: helps you have that passion for what you do. I know if we, you know, a lot of people just have jobs and they just do the job because either they're good at it or it pays the bills or what else am I going to do? Or maybe some semblance of all of the above. But when you have that passion for what you're doing, I, mean, I get to work with family businesses and I didn't grow up in a family business. And I, you know, my experience of it has been working in family businesses in the past and now seeing a lot of the things that they're going through in succession and transition. And it's a passion for me, but I look at what you're doing and I look at the fact that you can empathize a little bit more with some of these kids to a certain extent. And again, yeah. like you said, not because you had this horrible childhood, but I mean, yeah. you did have some things that probably you would have liked to have seen done a little bit differently. Yeah, And that's, that's the story of the, of the life of yeah. these kids.
1: But it, yeah, I mean, if you, we want to go, you know, sort of deep into that, um, this healing that I'm doing, it's, um, everything that I've experienced in my life has gotten me to this exact point. And so I wouldn't change mm-hmm. it, you know? Very so cool. I, um, and when I look at, you know, now my relationships with people, I look at differently too. like something that would really irritate me, (laughs) you know, (laughs) about somebody or, um, or uh, maybe a little bit of like jealousy or insecurity or something about somebody's experience. You know, now I, I look and I say, you know, we all have this journey, right. That we're on. And it has created us to be this person it is today. And if they could maybe do a little support or healing for themselves, things could be a little bit different. Like I mm-hmm. identify people who maybe I still have a little bit of that broken inner child. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what? Should and we
0: do some therapy now, Susan? You yeah. Way, yeah. Lay yeah. back on the, the couch and I'll ask you some questions <laughs> and yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, so, and and not to go completely off topic here, but, um, I have started working with, um, I'm volunteering time with the Extraordinary Lives Foundation, Mm -hmm. um, Mara James, uh, she is all about children's mental health and she has guided me into talking to a variety of different people. Again, not that I thought that I was broken or anything was really wrong with my life, but, um, it's been really lovely to kind of identify some things and say, oh, okay, mm-hmm. well, <laughs> yeah, I, I've made some changes and now like my relationships with my boys is really a lot better. Not that it was ever bad, but they're now teenagers. I'm looking at teenagers thinking, oh yeah, I was a 14 year old mm-hmm. once and that's yeah. why we're arguing right now. Mm, yeah. So." Anyway, I've gone well, down a rabbit hole, but
0: well, no, that's okay. That's, that's, that should be the name of this podcast. seems like I take it into a rabbit hole every time. And you can see your boys now, and you can see these kids that you're representing through CASA and think, man, you know, there's a lot of boys and girls out there that are the ages of my kids that don't have what I had and don't have what my kids have. Has there been, as you look back in your career, Susan, has there been kind of a tipping point where you just thought, I mean, yeah, I, I wasn't happy working, selling computer components and, and whatever so far, it was, whatever. Yeah. I can't even remember what it was. And that was five minutes ago in the conversation. That's how, how boring it was for me to hear about it. No, I am just teasing. It was so boring I, you know, to do I can imagine doing it for so going. many years. Yeah. Thank you. That's, you know, radios are turning off left and right hearing about this. No, now let's turn them get them to turn it back on. Can you go back and picture a point? Was it that, that conversation with MDA or was it, you know, more recently in talking with Reagan or somewhere along the lines where you just thought, I definitely know this is whether it's MDA or Ronald McDonald House or CASA or wherever, but this is the type of work that I know I want to do the rest of my life.
1: Oh, wow, that's a good question. Um, I can't really identify a specific time frame. Um, it's just like when I was with MDA, it was so much fun. Hmm. And again, people would be like, like, she has a screw loose because she works with like (laughs) sick children and families, this sort of thing. But we had so much fun. But, you know, and it could be incredibly challenging. I mean, like we had over a hundred events like in a year. The things that we were doing with, you know, I was responsible for um, the Southern California um, region at one point, which was seven offices. But so we were just constantly go, 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 doing all these events and um, meeting all these people. But I, I think that at some point along the way. So let me, let me start over with that. I came from a sales background.
0: Right.
1: Fundraising is sales, so I brought my um, sales hat into it when I first started at MDA where I'm super competitive. Like I had to get that donor. You're not going to get that donor. Like these are my people. Like if I let them go, they won't donate to me anymore. Type of a thing, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, every time I did get a donation or something like it's, you know, so exciting. Cause it Ring was like, a,
0: almost. like hey, I got a it sale. was like a sales yeah. win, you yeah. know,
1: it wasn't, um, uh, I hadn't matured enough to understand that I was this collective, that I was changing the world. I was changing lives. I was saving lives. It did not dawn on me until years later that what I was doing was not a sales job. It was something really an honor, you know, I'm getting super emotional right now <laughs> so okay. but it's truly an honor to do my job yeah. because I get to go to work every single day and I get and you know the tragedy of these children's lives you know is is a big part of you know what motivates me but I get to go to work every single day being um blessed to meet people like you, like Gary Moore, Gary Ryan Moore, you know, the Katie and Jenny um, that have made it a mission to run their businesses and give back. Right. So, and I get to be the one who gets to see their giving back every single day. So I get to see the good in people every single day.
0: That's awesome. It is
1: awesome. And so I, yeah, so I don't know when that happened exactly. It happens a lot. It sounds like. Yeah, no, no, no. The transition from, but I mean, like,
0: you, you have that feeling of almost that kind oh, of right place, time. right time. Oh, look what yeah. I would have missed out on if I wasn't in this type of thing. Yeah,
1: 100%. Yeah. yeah. In fact, um, I i still sometimes forget what I do. Like, no, it sounds weird because it's a job, it is a job for me, of course. So, yeah. but and sometimes we just forget, like, I'm, I'm doing a job every single day so that I can take care of my family. But then when I sit back and I think and I, I'm like, okay, yeah, it's the awesomeness of getting to meet these beautiful donors. It's the awesomeness of seeing these, hearing these stories and seeing these kids that their lives are changed. Um, but I think the thing that really um, hit me um, was when there is, that there's now a drug um, that has been approved by the FDA for uh, people, boys, mostly boys living with Duchenne muscular dystrophy. Hmm. And I, and, and there's also treatments coming out for ALS. I lost my mother to ALS. And so it's, um, I sat back and I thought, oh my word. Yeah. I did that. yeah, You know, and I immediately like all my MDA girls that I'm still in touch with, like <laughs> big, huge group chat, you know, look what we did.
0: Right. (laughs) You know, that's really cool. That's that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm working because I got to feed my family, Yeah, but I'm not just working to feed my family. I get to, I get to do something that makes a difference.
1: Yeah. 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 So, so that was magical. And then, like I said, these beautiful stories that I hear every day from our case supervisors are like, I want to share this, you know, look, look, look what we did. (laughs) It's just, yeah, it is a beautiful, beautiful feeling. So
0: What are you learning this year? This is a question I ask almost all of my guests since most of my guests have been during COVID. And here we are (laughs) still, we had a conversation before we started recording about the vaccine and everything else. Yeah. What are you learning through this that you either know you will, or you really hope you will keep with you? Whether it's, I know a lot of people say, well, I'm I'm getting closer to my family. And if that's your answer, that's a great answer, by the way. I hear that a lot and I am too, Mm -hmm. but is That or is there anything else in addition to that? Because I know you are, we talk a lot and I know that you and your boys both or all three just went through COVID. You've had that experience, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, you're all better now. Mm -hmm. But has there been a takeaway in the last now? Gosh, we're we're really almost 12 months into this. This is our 12th month of COVID now in this environment. Anything that you know you're going to or that you hope you'll take with you once we're back into a day in the life the way it used to be, if that ever is going to exist again?
1: Yeah. Um, I don't think that I take things for granted, you know, I, I, I don't, I mean, I, I, I write in my gratitude journal, my five minute journal every day. I I. know how, I know how blessed I am. Like I said, you know, regardless of the situation of my childhood, I I have, again, I've never wanted for anything. I, I have a very, very blessed life. Um, a couple things though. Um, so my boys, I have two teenagers, um, 14, almost 16. Uh, he hmm. will be 16 next week.
0: Hmm. <laughs> I'm crazy. Yeah. So
1: crazy. Um, but when in the world are a 14 and 15, almost 16 year old going to want to be at home with their mom? Hmm. They're forced to be yeah. home <laughs> yeah. with their mom. Yep. And we're having breakfast together. We're having lunch together. We're have you know we're watching shows together. Like all of these things that, and I've got beautiful boys. They're they're yeah. not um, they're not struggling. Thank God, uh, mm-hmm. you know they are. Um, they're doing great uh, with school and and that sort of thing. Um, but I am embracing it. I'm just like, thank goodness! Like, I, the silver lining of all this is that I, you know, get to spend time with them. And so, mm-hmm. um, but um, I have a a boyfriend uh, who lives overseas uh, right now, and it's hard. Yeah, you know. He's so not coming I, here.
0: You're not going there. Yeah. No, no trouble. For I little,
1: yeah. uh, I took that for granted for sure that yeah. he and I would just be able to see each other. You know, when we. Could see each other whenever we wanted to see each other right. you know and so um we we've gotten very uh uh creative we have um date nights where nice. we um we get all the same ingredients and we make the same meal together and we get the same wine so at least cool. we're sharing the same wine you know yeah. um we are he has reinvigorated my love of reading i used to be a voracious reader and then i stopped um I think because I had so much coming at me at ADD, yeah. I couldn't focus. And <laughs> this year I've been able to slow down and, um, we're reading the same books. Um, they're, you know, beautiful novels, but also like some self-help books. Mm. Um, i read, reread the four agreements again this year. I cool. read the alchemist for the very first time. I can't believe I've never read that book.
0: Nice. Yeah. Um,
1: I just bought the atomic habit, but anyway, um, so we watch movies together, you know,
0: have <laughs> so- fun. You're making so we, the most of it as you can. Yeah, sure. We're
1: making the most of it as we can. So I, um, it's interesting. I never would FaceTime friends or family before. I've just called them. Yeah. And now I FaceTime everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so long story to what uh, question that you asked me, I think the bottom line is, is that I have self-identified myself as a compassionate communicator. Hmm. And so I have made a point to be sure and check myself if I start to say something that is in jest or trying to be funny or something like that, that could potentially hurt somebody or, you know, Hmm. um, 'Cause I I'm like I'm a pretty funny person. <laughs>
0: you are. You make me laugh. Yeah. No, you got me thinking too. Everything you're talking about there, you got me thinking a lot. Cause I'm not really I don't know but if i label myself that way, but yeah, I need to A compassionate. I, to bite my, I am I making bite my sure tongue a little bit, yeah.
1: Yeah, making sure that everything that comes out of my mouth is kind hmm. or supportive or educational. So um while I have found this new uh enthusiasm to be this compassionate communicator and do that I do realize <laughs> that sometimes I just need to stop. Like I think I have all this love to give you. I have all these things to say to you. I have all this education that I'm doing all this healing blah 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 and <laughs> then it's like stop talking Susan.
0: <laughs> nice. Boy, I can't wait till the, the the first time after all of this when for those that are listening and watching Susan and some friends of ours, Jenny and Katie, who have both been on From the Heart, and Lisa Thomas and Charles Antis and Mm. others, we're this big circle of friends and we get together, used to, and we will again (laughs) get together pretty regularly. I just can't wait to like totally tease with you and say, okay, you have one minute. Don't be compassionate right now. <laughs> Just let it <laughs> out. I know you will, because I know your sense of humor and I, and I know exactly where we'll be when you'll do that. But no, I think that's great though. And I was going to ask you when you referenced the five minute journal, cause Charles Antis got me into that as well. Me Here, too. Right? Yep. I'm on, I don't know, third or fourth version of it, maybe with mm. some gaps in between. I am yeah. like 95 straight days in now though. I'm really happy to get the streak going with that and meditation and, and other journaling that I'm doing I was going to ask you what some of the I am's are, but I think you just shared with us already the compassionate communicator. How did that come about? How did you come to that realization?
1: Oh gosh. So I, um, I never labeled it or defined it until recently. And I'll I'll start. I've been doing that for a while now though, like trying to just be very um, uh, thoughtful, make sure that everybody that I know knows how I feel about them. And I started that a while ago because tuesdays with maury did mm-hmm. you read that book oh yeah one of mitch, my mitch, mitch album yeah so you know he throws his uh funeral before he dies because he wants to hear what everybody has to say about him right mm-hmm. yeah he's like well what a bummer you you die and you all these people see these beautiful eulogies and but yet, yeah. but yet you didn't know that you mm-hmm. know that that's the way they felt about you when you were alive so I started doing that was like a big slap in the face for me like or light bulb not slap but in the light bulb that I was like oh wow I need to tell people that so I was able to give it a name because I'm working with um Tanya um did yeah, I say that right? Yeah, Tanya B? You be with
0: uh, new, uh, new Horizons for Women. Yeah,
1: New Horizons but... or New Directions for new Women.
0: Directions for Women. Yeah. So
1: yeah, so she has just started her own marketing company, Lumos mm-hmm. Marketing. Um, I love that she chose that name because I'm a Harry Potter freak, nerd. I don't I'm know.
0: Not, I'm not, so I don't even know what you just said. But that's I okay. am a
1: Harry <laughs> Potter fan. Lumos, Sorry. light, it's light, light, magic. I get that, anyway,
0: sure. Okay.
1: So um, she asked me to be a part of this um, sort of um, beta group Um, the beta bays she calls us um, to help her kind of work out the kinks of what she's trying to create. And it's a lot of writing. um, It's a lot of journaling. um, And I just, you know, free write um, Mm -hmm. about things like one of my favorite things to do is to connect people. Hmm. I love, love, love to find like, so I am going to brag about myself right now. I connected Katie and Charles. I met Charles and you know, mission to save the world. I met Katie separately. Uh, Amazing. She wants to do good things. I was like, "Hmm, those two need to meet. I put them together and said, you two need to meet. They went to lunch and they said, why are we here? Hmm. And, uh, Charles said, I don't know. Susan just said we needed to meet. Let's figure it out.
0: (laughs) And now they're
1: the the co-chairs of the, um, Ronald McDonald house expansion. Um, but anyway, so through working with Tanya, I, I, I have this, I don't know what it it is or if I need to define it or if I need to like create something with this connection, um, ability that I have, but I, in my journaling and free writing through Tanya's, um, you know, tutelage, I came up with compassionate communicator. So
0: I love it. I'm writing it down because I got to figure out what I'm going to call this episode and there's that's going to be in there somewhere. Yeah, And I'm the same way connector is my, you know, kids have all my kids have always asked me, dad, what do you do for a living? And I don't really do anything. I connect people. And I'm the same way, you know, I see a need, I see someone who can fill that need. And that's why I love what I'm doing now in family business. Cause I love that, you know, the family business has a need and there's somebody that can fill it and trying to put them together. And yeah, I was dating a girl when I was 21 years old and, and uh, I I kept thinking, wow, she and my best friend would be a really good match. (laughs) And so I introduced them and they got married, you know, so that's (laughs) the type of connector I am. Not only, you know, the Charles's and the Katie's of the world, like you, you (laughs) I got a stories. Too. I know.
1: Yeah. I have. Um. I think you. Yeah. You are. You're a really wonderful connector. You've been so gracious to invite or introduce me to a bunch of people. And um, uh, I ha- I don't know. I've just been really sitting with my knowledge of energy lately. Like mm. that, I can feel which energies need to go together. I don't know. Yeah. That, that's sort no, of no. A- it
0: is, and the, and it takes uh that quiet time. And that's one of my goals has been to find some quiet time each day and that's why I'm meditating now every night and I did it this morning and it's to just kind of pull myself back a little bit it's okay yeah. where do I need to be guide me you know whether whatever your my, my belief system is God God guide me where you want me today and yeah. um, you know when I ask for that every morning it happens it's crazy how that works uh,
1: I know yeah. we could get really woo-woo right yeah, now we could like, get woo-woo yeah. really I, yeah. woo-woo I have been um the journal you know, five minute journal, if anybody, you know, one tip you take away from this is invest in a five minute journal. Um, yeah. but I have been doing, um, you know, my goal, uh, t- for 2021 was meditating too every day mm-hmm. and making my bed every day,
0: oh, yeah, <laughs> with <that>. yeah. Yeah. that. <laughs>
1: which I never used to do, yeah. but it's interesting. Like if you make your bed every single day, at least you got one thing accomplished, yeah, right? There's like, a great uh, talk
0: by a Navy general or something. I don't yeah, remember who it is. I think I've seen, seen that too. That. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So anyway, um, I have been doing um, a bunch of different med- guided meditations or, you know, um, but I found this, uh, a coworker of mine introduced me to this podcast called Expanded. Hmm. Um, and it's all about teaching us how to manifest. And I took it a step further and actually subscribed to uh, the her membership uh, subscription. Um, and it is uh, called To Be Magnetic. Hmm. And it's all about, uh, again, woo woo here. It's all yeah. about that the universe wants us to have absolutely everything that we want, but we have created these blocks yeah. somewhere along the way. Um, mine being, you know, maybe a little bit of that little girl who didn't want to get a spank, you know. Sure. Um, and so th- there's these different workshops that you can work on, and one of them's called um, unblocking inner child. Another one is unblocking shame. Um, I'm blocking love, unblocking money. And, and, and it's science-based it, it is. Um, and it's about creating neuro, different neural pathways or new neural pathways or, or clearing up something that, you know, uh, was stuck in that your subconscious, you know, that yeah. you, and it's so cool. Ed, hmm. some of these things, when you go to do the, um, the meditations, they call them deep imaginings, but when you go to do the things that I remember, it cool. our subconscious is amazing. It's
0: awesome, yeah, oh, yeah. The
1: way it holds something to protect us, you know, oh, you know, and and I've been releasing a lot of these. I don't know, calling people, going, "Oh my god, do you remember this?" <laughs>
0: that's so awesome that,
1: that I haven't thought about in years. Yeah. And so it's been really cool. Like I'm on a journey. I'm just like somebody's like, "Oh, you need to go do Reiki." Okay. You yeah. need to go, yes. you need right, to go yeah. talk to this hypnotherapist. Okay. Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> say yes, right?
1: I know. Yeah. So it's, I'm, a, I'm, I'm along for the ride wherever it takes me because th- it's only been helping.
0: And, you know, I think there's something, I'm not going to say there's something in the air or something in the water, but I mean, I think there is something with what we've all experienced in this last year, where because we've been forced, you talk about your boys being forced to spend time with their mom. We, not that they would feel like that way, but I mean, we're all thinking, oh, they
1: that. do. Yeah. Well, okay.
0: If I was a teenager, are you kidding me? Yeah. No. Now, looking yeah. back, I only wish, but yeah. um, I think that we've all, everybody, if this is your your episode number 54, and 46 of them have been post COVID, post the beginning of COVID. Yeah. Nothing's post COVID Yeah. We're right in the middle of it. Yeah. But, um, the common denominator that I'm hearing in almost every interview and in every conversation I have with people, whether it's with this microphone in front of me or just on the phone or on Zoom or God forbid, even conversations in person that we are still having from time to time Mm -hmm. has been this introspective experience that we've all had in the last 12 months that we're really being forced to look within ourselves. What makes me tick? What's made me successful to this point? What's going to make me successful going forward? Because what made me successful pre-2020 wasn't going to be what makes me successful in 2020 and maybe beyond, you know, your ability and my ability to work a room, to walk in and shake hands and hug people and exchange business cards and go to lunch and have a glass of wine and all that. That's what got us where we were, but that's not what we're doing now. Yeah. We still have to be successful. We still have to do our jobs. We still have to, you know, inspire people to want to give or give of their time or, or whatever we're trying to inspire them to do. And so I think a lot of us, you, me, I know Jenny, Katie, Charles, Wing Lam, Tam Wynn, a lot of the people that you and I know all mutually, everybody seems to be on a little bit different path and journey now than maybe not Charles. Charles has always been weird and doing this stuff forever, as long as I've known him. But, uh, you know, and, and he'll hear this and he'll laugh, but because um, he knows he's weird and everybody who knows Charles knows, you know, there's a little bit, you know, he's just, you know, I don't know if it's, you know, one card short of 52 or what. I don't know what it is, but he's awesome. He's one of my favorite people, but we're all on this journey. And um, so it's really cool that you've come to that, that um, the compassionate communicator. So I like that because I would I would have defined you as that before and knowing you now for the last few years. So.
1: There's something else to that, too, with this. um, I'm doing a five-day challenge with Tanya. Um, It's a writing challenge. And uh, again, she's just free flow. Just write, just write. And I don't even know where it came from. um, But somehow I started to think, like, can I identify another name for... um, So Compassionate Communicators for me. But, like, if I... I'm not looking to start a business. I don't know. I'm just throwing things out there through yeah. this you know workshop with her, but but like my ability to connect people, she suggested, well, why don't you create a campfire circle of you know introducing or or or, or bringing certain people together and you all, you know,
0: yeah
1: and you send them on their way. like why don't you name it something, you know? And so um, in my writing the other night, I came, I started to think of, you know like, animal groupings like what is it a herd and uh, a mob and uh, a murder like is mm-hmm. that crows crows are a murder and, yeah. Yeah. and I came across like pride mm-hmm. and right, I w- sure. went to go look up like what pride truly means right and um, and it's true the women the lionesses are the glue hmm. the, and, and they work together to make the pride work So I was like, well, what about compassionate pride? You know? Um, And I, you know, I Mm realized that pride is something that's attached to the LGBT community and, and it also um, can have
0: a, in the, in the spiritual community or the, or the mm -hmm. church community, it can have a negative connotation of if you're, and
1: I said that to Tanya. Yeah. Yeah, I said, do you think that people are going to look at that and think like, oh, she's proud, you know, like, um, anyway, but I, I, I'm so enjoying this journaling and mm-hmm. like just this free thought. And, um, but anyway, I, I, I really love sort of the idea behind a pride of lions because you all have to work together. It's the men, it's the kids, but, but I am such a girl power kind of woman that I love that it's really the lionesses, you know, that yeah. are keeping it together and working together. I, I so hate. Oh, that's such a, I don't, I don't like using that word, but when women don't support each other, yeah. I don't get it. I've right. always yeah. been a, a girl's girl, you yeah. know, like, and I just, um, I just don't get it, but you know, I, hopefully you, like you said, people, as we're growing and we're realizing um, how much we need each other and, and um, you know, it's not a competition. Yeah. It's, it's a, a collective, you know? Yeah. It's a collaboration.
0: Help. We really need to be collaborating. Sure. You now, I've, I've shared a lot here in this forum before that my dad gave me five nuggets of advice. He's given me more than that. But when I graduated from college, he said, I want to sit down with you and talk about five things and I'm not going to name the five, but one of them. And I shared it recently with someone else is wherever possible collaborate. And yeah. uh, that's been a big deal for me. I think that that resonated with me when I was 20 something, when I got that advice, because I felt like a connector then. And that's what a connector is, you're collaborating. You're taking, okay, how can this person and that person collaborate with each other? How can the three of us collaborate with each other? How can we bring in a fourth person? And and um, no, I, I do the same thing. I, I free write journal every night. It's not, I, not in a workshop. I don't know where the idea came from, but I do the five minute journal in the morning, get on with my day. At the end of the night, I do my meditation. And then I freeform write for one page. I've just set myself as going to, I'm going to fill this page. I'm not going to go over and I'm going to go to the last line on the page. So, you know, if anybody ever reads it, they go, he's just brain dumping tonight. You know, he's just writing for the sake of writing. And there are those nights, but the massive, and then I finished with the five minute journal at night, you know, what went well, what, what could I do better? But um, the big deal for me has been some of those ahas I've had about my career, about relationships, about a relationship. We've, We've had massive loss during these 90 plus days in our family. We bought a house in these 90 days. You know, I mean, a lot of great and a lot of really crappy things have happened in these 90 days, but I've been able to write about every bit of it. And so, however I was inspired to do it, wherever it came from, thank you. And uh, I'm sure you'll not only look back at at this time in your life and, and feel that way too, but you're already seeing it, which is really cool. So yeah. Yeah, how do people maybe. get a hold of you? I, somebody listening today wants to know more about CASA or wants to get to know you better or connect with your pride or whatever the case may be. What's the best way for them to reach you?
1: Uh, well, you can uh, email me if you want. Uh, it's s K E N N Y, at CASAOC.org, uh, C A S A O C.org. Um, or you can uh, find me on LinkedIn too. Uh, I do. A lot of networking and finding mm-hmm. and communicating with P- people via LinkedIn. Um, and you can also call me, uh, at my office. Um, well, I'm not at my office, but <laughs> the calls yeah. will be directed It'll to me. Get to you, yeah, yeah, exactly. 714
0: I'll put all that in the notes too. Okay. What about just to, so I'm assuming if they want to learn more about CASA, it's just casaoc.org.
1: casaoc.org. I would, uh, if I can impress upon you the importance of how much we need people. I know I mentioned men and um, uh, Spanish speakers, but, but I mean, anyone really anyone um, who has the, the drive and um, you to attend one of our information sessions, you can find it online. It'll say volunteer. um, And then it'll say, um, you know, advocate role. So So the information session, we do our darndest to talk you out of it. You know, we give you the dirt down and dirty of the, you know, just so people really know what they're getting themselves into and um, no
0: surprises, right? You don't want them to be all in and they go, wait, you need me to do what for what for how long?
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So the information Mm -hmm. session, if um, you have to, if you're interested, you have to attend an information session. And then uh, if you want to move forward, you'll complete an application and, But it's, uh, you know, Mm. I I know you know this because you are a gentleman of service. Um, But the advocates, the CASAs say they get more out of it. You know, like whenever you give, it's, you know, and when you are given the opportunity to do something for somebody, doesn't it feel special and amazing? So I, yeah, these, and they become life, a lot of these become lifelong relationships. You know, we uh, recently... um, found out that a, well, not recent, I guess it's, I can't, I don't even remember what day of the week it is, you know, with COVID, but, um, but it's, um, he is the best man or was the best man at his kids, you know, wedding. Hmm. It was, you know, so.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. I have my, my guest that's airing now, right before episode 53, Dave DeRocher. I don't know if you know Dave or not. I met him through Lisa Mm -hmm. Thomas and I know, you know, Lisa. Yeah. Um, on our podcast, where I was sitting right here talking with him a couple of days ago. Someone told him once, to, to your point about how good it feels to give, he says, really the most selfish thing you can do is give and serve. And that doesn't, when he said it, it didn't register for me because I thought, well, giving and serving is not selfish, but it's because of how good we feel. Mm. And so it's, yeah, if you want to feel good, and I had another guest, Alden Mills, Navy commander or Navy SEAL commander say the same thing. If you're stuck, just serve. You know, yeah. And so if you're feeling stuck in your career, or you're feeling stuck in your day or in your relationship or whoever, just serve that person. I know when, with my wife and me, when, when, when one of us is feeling stuck's not the right word, but just feeling kind of blah. Mm-hmm. When she simply just brings me a cup of coffee in the morning or I make breakfast for her or whatever, it's just, it's just a better day. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's just, it, it's something we don't even think about, but when we do that, it's like, wow, you know, so when you're stuck, just give. Yes, sir. Yeah.
1: I did have my t-shirt on uh, this week that says kind is cool. I like so that. Just, just be a little kind, man. Yeah just be a little compassionate, yeah. man. Kindness
0: I over mean, everything. I think I put that. We're on all in recently. it together. Yeah. Just just be kind. It,
1: we are all in it together. Karen yeah. Presley from the Sharon D. Ludden Foundation gave me the most beautiful quote. Um, and uh gosh, can't remember who said it, but I'm not it wasn't me. Hmm. but it is, we are all just walking each other home.
0: Ooh, I like that.
1: Isn't wow. that amazing? That's like it, awesome. gave, it gave me the chills. I was about you. to say,
0: I just got the yeah. chills. When it you gave said me the it. chills
1: saying it to you again. Like wow. every time I say it, we are all just walking each other home. So wow. just stop being mean. Mm. <laughs> stop being bratty. Well, you just this named
0: the good. episode. We are all just walking each other home. Yeah, Like that, when you see episode, episode 54, Susan Kenny from Casa Orange County, we are all just walking. Well, home. thank
1: you, Karen Presley. She's also a wonderful, right. wonderful woman who is on a beautiful journey of, yeah. you know, self discovery and support. She's part of my pride.
0: Cool. So it's a redundant question because we just spent a little over an hour talking about the answer to this question, but you know, my last name is Hart. You yes. know, the podcast is called From the Heart.
1: Yes. And I'm drinking my follow your, your
0: heart, follow your heart coffee mug, which I love. That's awesome. Very, very cool. <laughs> so I will end our time together today. Unfortunately, this has been one of the fastest conversations I've had on the podcast. Just connecting with you has been just as always, whether we're all sitting together over lunch or wherever we happen to be. And we've had, I've had the good fortune of being in the same setting with you many, many times. And I look forward to that again. Thank but as we wrap up today, Susan, Kenny, what's in your heart right now?
1: Just a whole lot of love. I mean, really, I know it's, so I should have come up with something a little more clever, but I, um, every person that uh, I interact with or that I have in my life, I am grateful and I love them in some Form, you know, I love what they bring for me, or you know, like the, the joy. I love that people want to help. I love that people want to serve. I, I love that people want to, you know, support. I already said that.
0: <laughs> That's okay.
1: <laughs> anyway, uh, you could edit that one out
0: <laughs> or not.
1: <laughs> well, anyway, I just said a lot of love, peace, a lot of love, a lot of compassion.